0: Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 103 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, I am recommending a collaboration between wave producer Brothel and old friend After My Fall. However, before that, I welcome Danny Filth to the show. Danny Filth needs little introduction. If you're even slightly aware of extreme metal, you're probably aware of the band Danny has fronted for 30 years, Cradle of Filth. On October 22nd, Danny and the rest will be releasing their 13th album, Existence is Futile. And just before that, the band will be hitting the states to play their classic album, Cruelty and the Beast, in full. In our conversation, Danny and I talk about those things as well as playing Spooky Metal in the daytime, his work with horror rappers Twisted, the song he did for Roadrunner United, and a lot more. Now, before we dive in with Danny Filth, here are some of the lead single from the new album, Existence is Futile. This is Crawling King's Chaos. hello hello how are you i'm good thank you fantastic great to hear how is your uh, afternoon early evening
1: it's okay i've a bit run down today i've got um, a bit of hay fever so my brain is not working particularly brilliant oh look <laughs> um, yeah so you'll have to uh, pick through my nonsense
0: yeah I'll, I'll do my best that's the power of editing so uh I have, first i have a question because like i said in my uh hey i'm ready to go uh sort of dm to you uh, i am daniel uh how did you land on danny uh for your typical go-by how do you mean uh because i'm i'm daniel uh i don't go by dan or danny myself like i i know oh, you were born I'm, as daniel
1: yeah i'm daniel yeah but The only person that calls me Daniel is someone when they're in a mood with me from my family. Mm -hmm. That's that's about it. And that's been like that since, I don't know, since I was young.
0: Is that like if you're getting the first name, middle name thing, you know you're in trouble? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, How has the last year and change been for you considering lockdowns and COVIDs and lack of touring and all that stuff?
1: Well, it's actually... Uh, I found the whole experience of the... Th- I'm getting sick of it now, naturally. Um, uh, I, I just... I don't know. I mean, it could go back to being worse. It could be seasonal. You know, like flu. I think we just got to be... <laughs> like the virus, we've got to mutate and survive. And um, I think we just got to generally... Get, get on with it and learn to live with it um, I think England's um, pretty much back to normal now I don't think you have to wear masks may have to on public transport but I don't think it's mandatory but um, uh, yeah I'm sick of it now when it first happened I, you know, that sounds awful doesn't it but it, it was kind of novelty and we were in, we were we were in a studio when lockdowns happened fortunately our, our Czech drummer, had come over before um, the pandemic and recorded these drums. Otherwise, we would have been a bit stuck. Uh, naturally, it's very difficult to record an album if you haven't got drums down. Right. Um, and then we couldn't get our, uh, our other Czech guy, uh, Ashok. We couldn't get him in until about five months later. So when I started I kind of enjoyed it, I liked the fact that we were, um, me and the, me and the producer were just, um, oh, what the hell's that? Getting some interference.
0: Oh, uh.
1: Oh, there you go, it's gone.
0: Better, all right, I had my mic up too hard, sorry.
1: Okay, um, yeah, so, uh, me and the producer were, like, in our own isolation bubble, as it were, because, you know, there were only me and him working, so we were allowed to do that, um, but we didn't. We only did like half days, really. We didn't. Uh, there was no need to feel rushed because no one knew what when this was going to end or, or whatever. And I kind of enjoyed that creative uh, inspiration um, and being very self analytical about the record um, because it just afforded us that opportunity to to, to revisit the songs as much as we want, really. Um, and I think we staved each other's boredom off for, for doing the album. I don't think that process will ever happen again. I just don't think we'll ever be afforded the time <laughs> to, to be that, uh, you know, lenient and uh, uh, relaxed about uh, recording an album. Um, but particularly proud of it. And we we, um, we actually finished it, no, like, oh, was it last November. And obviously we're waiting on finding a a good enough time to to release it. It's obviously October 22nd now, but um, at the time we were just putting it on hiatus whilst we saw because there's no point bringing an album out during a pandemic. That's what we thought. But um, so I I kind of enjoyed the first half of it. And I enjoyed also uh, driving back. I'd circumnavigate um, the town I live in just to drive through those empty Uh, desolate streets you know it really made me think of um, uh, Silent Hill it was very well just because nobody was out you know everybody was we were in lockdown so it was uh, it was weird so more recently though I've really been getting fed up with it because um, a couple of weeks ago yeah a couple of weeks ago I was supposed to be in Russia with my girlfriend And we were staying with um, both her her parents in different cities. And um, I got to the airport. And bearing in mind, I checked with the airline, the airport, and uh, the Russian um, consulate. I didn't need a PCR test. And I got to the airport. Suddenly, that day, they decided, you need a PCR test. And because my window was so short, they said, oh, it's going to take 72 hours or whatever, come back on Sunday. And it's like, mm, I can't, I haven't got, I've got such a narrow window before I start um, getting ready for tour, coming to America, etc. I can't afford, you know, it was a very um, set in stone 14 days. Um, and so, yeah, that's why it pissed me off recently. <laughs> um, it just feels like it's a gift that keeps on giving, doesn't it?
0: You have quite the history of getting to an airport and getting turned away for one reason or another. This has to be a new excuse, though.
1: Well, <laughs> When was the last time?
0: Uh, I read something about being turned away for an entire tour in, like, 2013 or something, based oh, on, no, my no. visa issues, but this is just a different animal.
1: No, this is... This, I'll tell you what that is, and it always gets mis... Uh, every time I come to America, I have to go through this palaver where... Um, They dragged me to one side because of that very issue. Now, what happened, we didn't get refused a visa. Um, There was a backlog and we, what happened, there was a new system in place and we really should have like got our, applied for our visas a lot earlier. Yeah. So we had a bit of a shock when they said, well, there's a backlog. You're not going to get your visas for, you know, it could be up to anywhere up to eight weeks. And we were two weeks away from the tour. So we had to make that decision there and then we had to call it and say, look, <clears throat> you can't put, uh, you know, all these people that will be working on the tour, through, you know, leave them hanging. Um, because the visas might not have turned out as it happens. They turned up about what would have been two weeks into the tour, but that was two weeks too late then. So, um, that's basically what happened. We didn't get refused a visa. Uh-huh, okay. We'd- we just didn't leave. <laughs> we, we didn't have the visas. It's such a struggle. I mean, I said that about the Russian thing as well. Um, I mean, it was bad enough, you know, being turned away. But um, I felt really sorry for my girlfriend. She was so looking forward to it. Um, but she was going, we were, we were also going to pick her son up, who was spending uh, summer uh, in Russia um, over the school holidays. So, she, she obviously, she, she went regardless. Um but yeah, a real pain in the bum because yeah, naturally you had to go and get special visas and you've got to time everything perfectly. Do you know what I mean? So they come back in time. We're just undergoing it with the US ones now because they're not actually letting anybody into the US for anything other than work. So you have to get a special, um, a special, like pass, as it were. Um, and we're going to have to go to we're actually going to Belfast in uh, Ireland to actually get them. which is really strange but um yeah
0: i was just going to ask if you had your homework all all turned in for the u.s tour sounds like you do or at least you have a plan
1: oh absolutely yeah of course yeah we're ready to go we've we've got to go to the embassy in in a couple of years uh, a couple of weeks and we'll pick up these uh things and we'll be all over there but um yeah i mean it's doing really well i'm really looking forward to it um naturally it's not a huge tour because we already had um, this big Halloween show booked in London, um, and so this is just a month. But we're doing Cruelty and the Beast in its entirety, plus some other tracks, and uh, yeah, we'll be coming back next year as well. Uh,
0: as an artist, are you into tours like this in general? Because you're going, you're doing a 20 plus year old album in full when you're releasing a new record, and do you find it difficult to look forward and backwards at the same time when you're trying to like be you know a creative artiste type uh
1: yeah i think so i think it's okay i mean uh we we've toured it everywhere bar america um we, we we took the album down to uh south yeah we've done we've done it everywhere new zealand uh everywhere <laughs> um, I see what you're saying but if you just enjoy, you know the whole process of getting up on the stage is enjoyable enough, so I don't think it really matters what you're playing. It's been played by current musicians and uh, people love the album, um, and a lot of people got quite pissed off by the fact that America was omitted from the from the previous uh, tour, um, but a little bit more would have been made of it because it obviously this was in um, conjunction with. Uh, the Remistressed version, uh, which was released, well, when was that? Like two, three years ago now. Sorry, mm. I can't remember. But um, yeah, and more would have been made of it, but um, unfortunately, a couple of the ex-members um, made it very, very difficult getting that album even released. So um, we kind of missed. We were going to make a bit more of a song and dance about it if that. That
0: makes any sense. Yeah, of course. Uh, one thing I do appreciate about your tours is your tour packages. The last time I caught you guys was in Sacramento many years ago with uh Butcher Babies and Naabla Viscars, which is a very diverse kind of almost strange tour, but one that I felt really worked. And this upcoming one has three teeth and one's human on it. I'm assuming you have some say in like who you're on tour with um so is a diverse tour something you really strive for, especially when you're like you know overseas for you
1: um absolutely the thing is it only really works i don't know it it works all over the place, of course, but it seems to work better in america the the di- diverse tours and I can cast my mind back, sorry, I' in hay if I was about to sneeze. Everywhere. <laughs> bad thing about sneezing in, in the current climate, everybody thinks you've got COVID um, so I remember us going out with, for example a typo negative, a moon spell in the States, and there was um, septic flesh and satiricon and there was gua and CKY um, yeah uh, yeah. They're always, uh, there was 69 eyes as well once with and pardon me, but there was another band, and I've I've forgotten who they were. Um, but I won't yeah, tell them. Oh, pardon.
0: I won't tell them. Don't worry about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> it was always very ec- eclectic tours, yeah. Um, but I kind of like that. I, I don't know whether why that is. Maybe it's because uh, America is such a vast country to get around that I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but Europe seems to be a well trodden filled and uh maybe that's why bands of all the same milk get lumped together when they tour in europe if that makes any sense yeah
0: uh to talk about the new record a bit i i read something that you said the record's themes are about existential terror and you know uh it's not exactly inspired by the pandemic but living in it now it, it one can't help like find comparisons and stuff um it, there seems to be like a lot of fear kind of buried beneath the record are you generally a fearful person
1: no i think question a uh, questionable <laughs> a questioning per- person not questionable <laughs> very questionable um <laughs> no I, I i mean yes it's drenched in existential dread and the fear of the unknown um and the uncertainty of, of our fate but i think The way it's explored is that there's a glimmer of hope, of that you know if you if you take into consideration that if existence is truly futile, and there's no um, greater divine plan for us, you know no you know golden handshake at the end etc etc, then surely must embrace everything for its fleeting nature and just live in the moment. So I think. You know, it, it, it shines out of what may appear to be a very nihilistic concept.
0: Yeah, I've got to say, I've I've been aware of Cradle of Filth for a lot of my life now, actually. And a glimmer of hope isn't something that instantly jumps out with to me with your band. Uh, so I like that y- you kind of have <laughs> that buried in this new album. Um, do you remember your earliest fears as a child?
1: Um... Really. Well, I, d- I expect they were much like anybody else's, you know. <laughs> um, when you're a kid, I don't know. Oh, okay. When, <laughs> I really can't remember now. I think as a kid, you're just, you know, fearful of uh, losing your parents and you know the big boy down the road who nips your football.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I feel like you had more rational fears than I had as a kid. I was afraid of the there's like in america they may have a version of this where you are but they have signs for the neighborhood watch where it's just like if you see something called the cop sort of thing and on the sign there's a shady individual that's like a silhouette of a man in like a fedora and a trench coat with the collar up i was afraid of that guy i had so many nightmares about that guy trying to get me because of those signs (coughs) that are supposed to make me feel better so (laughs) the fact that you're afraid of the kid down the road makes perfect sense i clearly had some issues
1: awesome
0: uh the new record you also have like a new keyboard player in tow. how is transitioning uh the new member into the band over this weird time as well
1: well actually i felt very sorry for her because we finished our touring we were like on a three year and this is what partly um inspired the album is that three years on tour like just seeing the enormity of, of the world and how over popular it is and you know obviously when you're on tour you're always going to the the big metropolises so you know you're not playing villages for example so get to see a lot of people and i swear that inspired the record as well because it it felt like it still feels even with you know with the pandemic here that we're heading towards something maybe it's going to be life affirming maybe you know we get the whole global problem you know um uh get the problem basically with uh you know the ecological collapse and uh climate change sorted or maybe we're just literally heading toward disaster and we are you know we, we are coming toward the apocalypse but it feels like something's happening uh like the seasons have shifted um that's where the inspiration from the album came and uh yeah so going back to um, so it's a laborious my explanations but going back to november the 1st 2019 that was the last gig we played um so it's quite quite a lengthy time ago and annabelle joined the band not much later within a few weeks it was a very uh, swift transition because i already knew her she was playing she literally just started playing keyboards for my other band devilman who are now on almost seemingly permanent uh, hiatus, just because well yeah. everybody's just got their own things and, and with a new cradle out, I'm so busy. So um, anyway, but I felt very sorry for her because um, until our live stream, which was this May, nobody knew who she was. She was literally anonymous, not the guy out of Mayhem.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, but yeah. And I felt a bit sorry for. Her. She wrote the album, but she couldn't tell anybody that she was involved with Cradle. So she's getting asked a lot of silly questions as well, and you know she had to be very careful that she didn't comment on anything. So people went, "Oh, okay, Let's see what's happening here." Um, but yeah, uh, she's a very talented musician. Not only does she sing very well, plays uh, and she's a great pianist, but she also um, uh, plays a lute as well.
0: Are you guys going to be working in a little more loot this, this oh, is time?
1: Was it loot liar? Sorry, the liar. I, I, uh, sorry, not a loot. A liar.
0: Okay. <laughs> so I expect some more liar on the upcoming tours and records and stuff.
1: I th- they do believe there's some liar on um, Existence is Futile.
0: Hell yeah. Mind enough, dead power. That was a bit of the first Cradle of Filth song I ever heard, Cruelty Brought the Orchids, from their album Cruelty and the Beast. You can hear that song and a lot more from that album when they are on tour starting on October 1st. I'll have more Danny Filth in just a moment, but first, quick plug slash request. As you know, uh, a podcast being on Apple is helped out a lot by five-star reviews, subscribing, rate, review, all that shit. All the corny stuff that you hear people asking you to do, I am asking you to do that for me. Uh, Helps the show out a lot, gets me the ability to land bigger guests, more guests, et cetera, et cetera. So head to Apple Podcasts when you have a moment. Please rate and subscribe. Thank you. Now, before we wrap my chat with Danny Filth, here's a bit of Danny's performance from the Roadrunner United album. This song is called... Dawn of the Golden Age. Of, to
1: so. the of the, of the
0: Uh, Speaking of devilment, one thing I really appreciate you, um, is that you are far from a one dimensional artist. You've got devilment, you've got cradle of filth, you've done some collaborations here and there. And most recently you did something with twisted. How did that collaboration come together?
1: Um, they just approached it was literally last year, uh, probably about this time. Uh, they approached about wanting to work with us. Um, and I believe on their new album, they have done quite a few collabs with other people. Um, and at first, like our management was, I'm not going to sure if this is going to work, Danny. You know, it's just a bit too much of a mismatch. And I thought, you know what, that's what we like, though. You know, whenever I do something with someone else, it's not going to be in, you know, there's no point me singing me, being me with a band that's very similar. So obviously I did some of the 69 Eyes and uh, Bring Me to the Horizon and now we're twisted i like the uh the mash-up of the different genres and um okay on paper it sounds fucking weird it's like <laughs> oh my god danny feels singing for a rap band but when you hear it i actually go you know what this is not this i really enjoyed it i really I really enjoyed it the experience um yeah and i think that's what, what attracted me to it was just the you know the um remarkable difference between the styles i thought it'd be like well this is a challenging idea
0: well i think it's really cool and i think it was a success so uh more of those would be rad <laughs> uh, i have kind of some weird ones that have these are things that have crossed my mind about you over the years um and now i have the opportunity to ask them so uh <laughs> around when i became aware of cradle of filth was around uh Ozfest. and being in america being a metalhead dork in high school Ozfest was my favorite thing in the world uh and you guys were on it i don't know probably three or four in the afternoon how how different is a set from cradle of filth for you playing in the daytime because like now you, you know you're cradle of filth you're very well established you're a legendary band you can play in the evening you can play inside anywhere you want but on a Ozfest, you know, they put you a little earlier because the rest of America wasn't super aware of you guys yet. Did you find the experience particularly challenging?
1: Well, actually, that was uh, one of my favorite tours ever. I really was so good fun, um, <clears throat> and naturally, um, the Ozfest isn't every every day. It's like one or two days and then a day off, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So in between. Um, Oswest shows, we'd be doing our own shows in clubs with Killswitch, Shadows Fall, Chimera joined at one point and Sworn Enemy. Um, yeah, we were basically taking those bands with us. Um, but I thought it was kind of unique. We were lucky because, well, there were two bands that were lucky on our stage, because we were headlining the B stage. But Boy Vod, uh were beneath us. Uh, normally, uh, everybody bar the headline is on a rotation, which was hilarious. Well, it wasn't hilarious because it was very noisy, but I remember kill switch. Uh, they played beneath us. And then obviously they had to go back to the bottom of the pile. And they actually went on the stage. I think it was in New Jersey in their pajamas. <laughs> it was, was classic. Um, Cause they were on at like nine in the morning, much to everybody who's trying to sleep off a hangover on a bus. It's a, uh, um, annoyance but um, yeah I mean it was challenging but it, it was such a uh, uh, oh sorry I digress what I was going to say is uh, we didn't have to do that and nor did Voivod because Jason Eustard was playing for Voivod then and he was also doing double duties for Aussie, so they figured that he didn't want to be tired so both those bands kept but yeah as you said it, I think it was actually about yeah about 3 o'clock in the afternoon um, but they have the common sense. You see, the Ozfest They don't put the they didn't put the stage in the sun. Now we did, um, and I think it's we've we've said that's it. We're never doing it again because um, I had a quite uh, bad experience. I was going to say last year, but of course it wasn't last year. The year before, and uh, we would do our summer festival run, and uh, we played Barcelona Rocks. And now whoever. Ever came up with a fucking stupid idea of putting uh, facing the stage into the sun. So, and we were playing like five o'clock, I think it was, and it was just insanely hot. I couldn't even see properly because of my contact lenses and the, the heat. It was like a heat wave in Barcelona in Spain, and um, yeah, I I got very cross. Because I, I, I have a problem with overheating, especially if you've got one lever on, <laughs> you know, and the big boots. And, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it was horrible. And uh, I felt like shit. I definitely got um, a, a spot of sunstroke. So uh, that mistake won't be happening again.
0: That seems brutal. Yeah. Um... A couple more. Uh, One thing I like to ask about when I have the chance is the Roadrunner United album. How was your experience performing on Dawn of the Golden Age with Matt Heafy and Sean Malone and stuff?
1: Uh, Yeah, that was fun. Um, Although it was like being dialed in. It wasn't like, as you would imagine it, going to the studio with them. I just did my bits in a small studio in England and kind of added to it. And that kind of... When people know that and that that's how much of the record was done it does feel like you're being slightly cheated <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah but, um no it was it was good fun i can't really remember that much about it because um well there really wasn't that much to, to, to write home about they uh, i remember talking to matt on the phone and him basically giving me this blank canvas because he wrote the song he was one of the uh, Roadrunner, wherever they were. Um, you know, it was like Gryffindor. And, <laughs> um, sure, sure,
0: I think he would be the Gryffindor of that those four. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was like it was like yeah houses, and he. I think he had each like head. Uh, there were like four people, and I can't remember who the other four. I think Max Cavalera might have been the other one. They basically wrote four songs each, and then uh, assembled musicians to be on on them. Um, I believe Matt Heafy's actually writing a black metal album now, all this time afterwards because he, after doing that, he actually, they played uh, in a local town to mine, so I went along to see them and uh, he was uh, trying to get me to join a black metal band back then, oh my god, that was like ages ago, literally ages, like 2004, I think.
0: Alrighty, well, uh, I think I'm holding you hostage for as long as I can. Uh, thank you for being on my podcast and talking to me. And when you guys hit the States, I'll be happy to, you know, be in that hot room with, with y'all for the first time in a long time. So, uh, <laughs> new record, super rad. So, thank for thank you for doing what you do as well.
1: Oh, thank you. All so right.
0: They say so. Of course. All right. Uh, yeah, apologies
1: if I was meandering a bit. Honestly, my head feels like one of those Japanese paper lanterns from Heat. Just like got really not feeling great today.
0: Well, uh, I mean I imagine you're doing a lot of press so maybe tea and rest afterwards. It sounds perfect. All right, you have a good rest of your evening. Yeah, cheerio then. Bye. Yeah. Bye. existence is futile will be out on october 22nd via nuclear blast records then the band will be heading to the u.s in october you can find dates and pre-order the new album over at cradleoffilth.com and follow danny over on instagram at danny Filth now to conclude this episode i am going to do something a little different for me i don't usually recommend the same artist more than once i think i've done it one other time But this one is going to be a bit different. Back on episode 98, I recommended that you check out the experimental Metalcore project after my fall. Well, they're back with a rather cool collaboration with wave producer Brothel. The pair created a really interesting song that's a bit shoegaze, a bit post-metal, and just all-around massive sounding. The song they created together is called Searching for the End, and you can hear it in its entirety right here, right now. You can find the track Searching for the End by Brothel and After My Fall at the link in this episode description. Follow Brothel on Instagram at brothel.brother and after my fall at After My Fall. Additional links for both brothel and after my fall can also be found in the episode description. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the show. Head to Farbmetal Podcast.com. There, if you're in a band, you can hit me up to be my recommendation. Um, you can find old episodes, social media stuff, everything you would want or need for Far by Metal can be found there. And of course, the theme song is Far Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Meter Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.